Conrad, a working mom of a toddler and an elementary school kid. And I'm Claire, the mom of two boys who are also in elementary school, and I also work full-time. We're two friends in the middle of the country, in the middle of parenting, in the middle of our careers, and in the middle of just about everything. Guys, it's Sarah. Claire and I don't have an intro for this week's episode. It was getting very long, and to be honest, we laughed so hard and took so long in the studio while we were recording it, we just ran out of studio time. So I hope you enjoy it. It took a lot of twists and turns. We are chatting with our friend Rhonda Hendricks. She has two teenage and older kids, so we wanted to talk with her about what it's like when your kid goes to college and uh, how to prepare them and your So we talk a little bit about that and then get into all kinds of other crazy stories. So enjoy, get ready to laugh, and we'll be back next week. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at themiddleofeverythingpodcast.com, on Instagram or Facebook at The Middle of Everything, and on Twitter at T-M-O-E Podcast. And if you like the show, don't forget to review us on iTunes. It helps. Thanks. Bye. We are here with Rhonda Henricks. Hello, Hi. Rhonda. We brought you in today. We, we've actually been sitting here chatting for like 20 minutes before <laughs> we started the actual podcast. And we thought, you know, maybe we should bring start, it in. Yeah, we could just add it, add, edit the rest of that in. I don't know. Um, we've been having a great conversation about baby names and regrets. We wanted- Baby names and regrets would be a good band name. <laughs> it would be. Wouldn't it? Maybe. Well, anyway. <laughs> I'm not even going to go into that. So, Rhonda, we wanted to chat with you a little bit. We are both with our kids on sort of the younger end of the parenting scale. Yes. You have a teenager and one has flown. The baby bird has flown the nest. And we just wanted to talk about what that's like and wherever else the conversation goes. <laughs> Three days of crying. <laughs> oh no. Oh. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like like company, you know, or not like company. Like when you have something bad happen and you can give yourself three days to mourn mm-hmm. and then you just got to shake it off. Yeah. You got to shake it off. So is your oldest, this is your oldest that's yes, in college ma'am. now. Okay. So it, um, give he, us yeah, quickly give us your, rundown of your family. Of my, of my family. Yeah. Okay. So I'm married pets to pets if you'd like. Oh, you have good ones. Of course I do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so I'm married to Chad. Chad, he and I have been married for 24, 20, I think 24 years. And um, so we have two kids. We have Kelsey, Mm -hmm. who um, actually um, is a TPS kid, and she graduated in 2017, and she goes to school in DePaul in Chicago. So she is about 12 hours away. And then we have a son, Chaney, who is a sophomore at Booker T. Washington. So I've got these older kids. Um, I also have two dogs. Give a shout out for their names, Maggie Mm -hmm. and uh, Eloise. And uh, then I have six chickens. And they have names, but you don't really, I mean, like, it, there's, yeah. it gets confusing. There's six of them. So, and I did have a fish, um, rest in peace, who passed away after about 10 years. Oh, so, okay. those are all my years. pets. We're definitely talking about chickens in yes. a minute. I would love I, to talk about chickens. Yes. Um, but, okay, so Kelsey is a freshman? Oh, She's a sophomore. Sophomore. Okay. This is so her the, second year. So, the departure, sh- you know, have a little bit of distance from it. You can look back yeah. on it a little bit. Except for now, she's coming home during the breaks, I assume. Not so much anymore. The first, right. you know, the first year, a freshman, and that's a tricky year for those guys mm-hmm. because they're trying to kind of make that breakup from you. 
Um, I think it's where you see a lot of kids just kind of throw in the towel. I mean, it is it is hard. And it's really hard if your kid is going so far away you can't get there quickly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, home. and she's like 12 hours from home because we drive slowly. But um, so that's kind of a big deal. I mean, that's hard. Um, but the second year is a little easier. Mm-hmm. And it's not as hard. I mean, you still cry when they leave mm-hmm. and you just do that kind of go. You know, that <laughs> internal gut-wrenching cry. But it's better and it gets easier. And honestly, you want them to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really do. I don't I don't mean that in a negative way, but they sure. need to become adults. Right. So you kind of want them to Yeah, the, the best thing that somebody's ever said to me is like, because you don't want the alternative. <laughs> like you just right? Like, I mean, as parents, don't I we all just threat. want to like produce productive humans and you know it feels hard in the moment i mean same thing like when your kid is going off to elementary school mm-hmm. or going to camp for the mm-hmm. first time or whatever like you want to have the kind of kid that will do those things mm-hmm. but at the same time like I, not that that makes it any easier in the moment but if you think about it it's like oh geez i'm glad i i, I did something right that my kid's going to depart yeah. <laughs> and, and i've threatened i've like yeah. you're not coming home for good like yeah. this is this is a launch pad onto your next adventure and mm-hmm. um, and depart's a good film school which is what she wants to study so oh, cool. so it's great and she's with her best friend from high school so that's helpful i will say when they do fly out if they have a little buddy it's good to have a buddy. Yeah. Um, and it's good, too, because that way, you know, there's somebody there, mm-hmm. somebody to kind of lean on. Mm-hmm. And a you know, it's scary. Face, right? Yeah. It's super scary. It's mm-hmm. scarier than what I did. I went like an hour away from where I grew up. Yeah. So I Same. could always get home. So it was a little different. What do you think about where did you go to school? Well, I went to- – <sighs> <laughs> what? So, what? um, I actually, thoughts. yeah. <laughs> well, here's where this will be way edited. Here's, here's, where I, here's where I was going with it because I went to Stillwater, which has even itself has like doubled in size since I was there, but is very universally known as like a college town. Like, it's right. for it's the whole situation is set up for college kids. When I think about kids that go off to like New York or Chicago or places that are just genuinely big cities, my brother went to school in London. I just think like, oh, that must be a very different experience. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I was asking where you went and if it was like if she was experiencing something different. So Chad went to the University of Kansas. Mm-hmm. So it's just a huge college town. I went to a little school. And I, it's not really a little school, but I went to East Central and Ada, Oklahoma, because mm-hmm. I have an environmental science degree. And that's they were really good for environmental science. So those were our kind of, you know, those were our experiences. Right. Our child lives in Wrigleyville. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Two doors down from, from the Cubs. That sounds expensive. You know, <laughs> divided by four, it's not. Okay. And the whole place is full of college kids. So, you yeah. know, he's yeah. not. No. Yeah. But um, it's a completely different experience. We moved her in. I may have told this. I don't know if Sarah knows the story or not. But and we moved her in, and I was so obsessed with not being on a Cubs game because the guy was like, the landlord's, hey, whatever you do, don't move in on a Cubs game. I'm like, okay, we can handle that. Mm-hmm. I've got the schedule. We're good. <laughs> right. I don't know how familiar you are with Chicago, but when you're driving in Lakeshore Drive, you know, you're getting the moment. We're on Lakeshore Drive. Mm-hmm. It's night, and it's bright, and it's all this stuff's going on. And Kelsey's like, oh, no, Mom. Pearl Jam's playing. And I'm like, what? <laughs> also, so- let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we come rolling in, and I am doing the whole mom thing. Like, like there's security everywhere, and the, the apartment's literally, like, two doors down from Wrigley Stadium. I mean, it's, like, that close. And I'm like, 
rolling down the window. I'm like, hey, my daughter, we're moving her in this place. And Chris Kelsey is like in the back seat on the floor she's going, mortified. oh my God, please right. stop, mom, whatever you're doing. I'm like, we're moving in. And she's like, ma'am, you, you got to go around. You know, yeah. you, you got to get out of yeah. here. So we go around, you know, enlist every kid in this apartment complex, just random people to get everything out of our car. She lives right above a Mexican restaurant. So they're trying to get in and out with their, their oh takeout. Sounds like she's living my dreams. She's totally yeah. living all of our okay. dreams. So you go into her room and she has these big windows and you open it up and it's Pearl Jam's encore. Oh. And it's like <laughs> Eddie Vedder is singing to me right there. And I'm just like, looked at Chad and I was like, wow, this yeah. was not our experience. So That's yeah, she actually went to the rooftop when Billy Joel's playing Piano oh Man. I mean, gosh. it just crazy so yes it is not it's not a <laughs> Oklahoma town or a Kansas town it's totally different so. so that sounds amazing what are the what do you think she like are there hard parts for her about being in like an urban college environment or is it pretty much just like awesome polar botex <laughs> right now yeah right yeah. now not not so great um it's warmed up a little this week so yes she there's no cars. So everybody's trains. Mm-hmm. You know, the logistics of going to the grocery store are different. I mean, you can't just, you know, run into a Walmart, come out to your car, throw all your junk in a car and pull up to your – it's a completely mm-hmm. logistically different place. She was wanting some furniture for her apartment. I'm like, well, how are you getting it there? Yeah. yeah. You know, how's that going to work out for you? So – and she's a thrifter too. So she, you know, she's mm-hmm. always coming up with these great ideas. I'm like, you got to figure out how you're going to get that back home. So, mm-hmm. so I think logistically it's a little different. And it's urban. Yeah. I mean, when you're on a train, you're on a train with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a completely different experience. You know, there's a few times where I get phone calls like, hey, something strange is happening on the train. I'm getting off. I'm getting back on. I just want somebody to know where Right. I am. So there's yeah. a little bit of that. But at the same point, they've got to figure these things out themselves. Yes. Amen. And it's and hard. She probably had a little bit of good training because the part of Tulsa that you guys live in. Now, backstory, how I met Rhonda is taking pictures of her house <laughs> for – my blog and through our mutual friend, um, Lisa, another friend of the podcast. But um, so they live on Reservoir Hill. So this is a part of Tulsa that is sort of up and coming. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hit or miss as far as renovated houses Mm -hmm. and you go a street over. Gentrification. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little bit of that. So I remember once you saying, from from a young age, your kids knew if they heard the helicopter circling, it was time to come in, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, there's probably – they probably had a little bit better – a little bit more training than maybe someone who we, lives in the straight-up suburbs. Yeah, that we never intentionally hears, moved know. our children to an urban, dense area mm-hmm. because we felt that it was good for them to be around – all socioeconomics, race, you name it, ethnicity, whatever. We felt we've always been very – that's been very important for us for raising our children, mm-hmm. that they are around people that are different than them and so that they understand tolerance. And so we've always been very adamant about inclusion and tolerance and, you know, respecting yeah. other people. Mm-hmm. And so that – that has played out very nicely for us with with Kelsey because she's in Chicago, and Chicago um, is very diverse. Mm-hmm. And so she, you know, she goes to school with a lot of kids that are from the suburbs who really, even though they're from the suburbs of Chicago, have really never spent that much time in Chicago by themselves. So I think she came at it with a much better understanding of, um, you know, just 
being able to to tolerance and and understanding and and understanding that that person on the train is probably have mental illness or maybe they have some kind of alcohol and drug abuse and, and, you know, understanding that, Hey, you may want to take yourself away from the situation. Mm -hmm. doesn't make them any less of a person. So I think that has been a great, I mean, a great learning experience for her. I mean, she's, she's a good kid. What I am curious, you know, looking back, if you're, you know, you've got your older kids, you've got your kids. And I know we talked about, you know, you preparing her to leave and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, what advice would you give to us? I have some advice. You do? Okay, do good, good. Some, you know, I think the thing that I would give is as soon as you can, as soon as you start letting them kind of interact into that social media world, that especially with teenagers, to have them understand optics of what they're doing and it's kind of been in the news a lot lately about, you know, these teenagers doing things that when we look at them from an optics point of view, look really bad. Maybe I don't know what their intentions were, but, you know, one of the things that we've done with both of our kids is really push. What are the optics that how does that look? How does it look to others? Maybe your intent is not X, Y, Z, but does it look like that's what you're, in, you know, so one of the things that I think, and it's a struggle for us because we didn't grow up with social media. Right. So we're having to kind of help our kids push through this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, we've, you know, with teenagers, you're going to have social media stuff come up, but you'd rather it come up while they're in the house, right. while you can control it than when they're out of the house and you really can't control it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things I've loved and I've told my kids when they've done something kind of epically bad <laughs> which they will do unless Mm -hmm. your kids are perfect and they're not. Um, They'll do something epically bad. And I've always said, you know, I'm glad that this happened here and in this moment so that we can work through it and, you know, and there will be repercussions, but that we can work through it and that, you know, there's, this is an opportunity. So when parents get upset that their teenager does something stupid, just be glad you're in that space where you could, you could try to adjust that behavior because once they're gone, once they're out of the house, once they're 18, you don't have a lot of control over them. Right. By the way, you can't see their medical records at 18. You can't see their grades at 18. You know, everything stops at 18. So I think that was one of the things that I gained from it. And the other thing is now we know, but when we were growing up, I mean, I got in trouble all the time. I don't know about you guys, but I was always in trouble. My parents were always upset with me. And I don't think that we understood like how that, that teenage brain works. So a lot of times with our kids, like when they would do something, I'm like, well, you know what? You're just not, your brain's not there. Like, you're being reactive because that's what your brain's doing because you're a teenager and you know, you need to let your body kind of catch up. So I think those would be my best advice is that if they make mistakes, hopefully they'll make them in a space that you can correct it Mm -hmm. and to really teach them about the repercussions of their actions and how it's perceived by others. Even if they didn't mean to do that, Mm -hmm. um, there's not do overs in this world. For things that are out on the internet. And I think the internet safety and internet is probably the hardest thing as a parent to kind of work with kids on. Mm -hmm. And they know more than we do. Yeah. That's what's scary. They know more than, and they grow up, they've been born with it Mm -hmm. and they just know more than we do on how to manipulate, how to maneuver, I guess manipulate, Mm -hmm. but maneuver that world. So I think that would be my best advice is that, you know, and give them grace. I mean, they're going to do stuff. I can't tell you how many times I've disciplined my kids and then walked away and go, <laughs> You're like, I would have done the same thing. You're so yeah. dumb you got caught. You know? yeah. <laughs> and that's been another lesson. I'm like, you know, you could have pulled this off, but you got caught. Yeah. So, um, but to also be thankful for those times that they get caught because then you can kind of try to maybe change that behavior. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's my best advice I got for teenagers. And it's not that bad. <laughs> 
Everybody <laughs> tells you how horrible it's going to be. That's it's not that bad. You want them to grow up, I promise. I know it sucks watching it and you look mm. at it and you miss them when they're little and your heart like aches and you wish they were mm. still little. But you do want to do something else someday. Yeah. And <laughs> run oh. a flea market or do something like that, yes. you know. Exactly. Oh, I love that. So that true. Was, that was great advice. Well, that's would... awesome. So you mentioned she's a thrifter. Oh, yes. Where, where on earth would she have learned that from? I don't from? know. It's a horrible habit. <laughs> so we've had some really good conversations, I feel like, on this podcast about just like found, whether it was through, whether it was with Tasha Ball or mm-hmm. the girls at Retro Den, just, um, you know, what it what it can do for a space or a home to kind of bring in things that are, yeah, that have some life behind quirky. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't you, you share with okay. us your background you on that You made the comment bit. about life behind it. You don't even mm-hmm. know. No, Rhonda's taxidermy habit. It literally oh, had life was behind literal it. Literal life. Yeah, there was literal life oh, behind a me lot of things this. in Rhonda's house. I have issues. So okay, wait. So does anybody in your family hunt, or were you just taxidermying whatever you could come across? You know, Claire, that's a good question because it I, it did start out with some ducks. I will give it that. It okay. did start out with some ducks. Um, so Chad would go like to South Dakota, mm-hmm. and they would do some ducks, or actually no. He did pheasants in South Dakota. He did some ducks um, here in Oklahoma. And so that kind of how it started. And so we had kind of invested. But those were usually at his office and there was around him. I don't really know when that started for me. I was obsessed with bad taxidermy. And <laughs> let me just – there's there books are, on this. I was going to say there's Insta feeds, you guys. There's, there's like a whole – like if you want to just fall down a black hole, there's some pretty – I mean – There's some serious problems. I'm looking yeah. at Sarah because I'm thinking like she's like my like animal – I know, right? I don't. I don't even know what to say. Like vegetarian friend over here, you're House you're okay with this pets. train of, right. of yes. conversation, right? I've seen it. Do you need like house. a trigger yeah. warning well, or anything? So it's gotten worse. The things were already <laughs> dead, right? Oh so yeah. You- yeah. <laughs> I love. And, and I love your. Okay, it's, it's yeah. great. You're there's right. only two things that we actually killed in there, and they were both birds. <laughs> and everything else we've adopted for the rest of their life on this earth. <laughs> You know, so I've got some strange things. I don't know. I don't remember what all Sarah has seen and what all has grown since then. But um, I have a beaver that is horrible. I, I mean, think I've seen the beaver. The beaver's bad. <laughs> um, and he's on a piece of plywood. And then he's got a little four by four that he puts his little paws on. And he's pretty old and ugly. And I actually came across him many quite a while back. I was the uh, traffic circle flea market, which is actually one of my favorite haunts, to be truthful with you, because I'm a digger. I'm not – I don't like – I don't like curated – I want to dig and find the gold. I mean, that's kind of how I like to do it. So I was up there, and I'll never forget, I walked up, and Chad was like, oh, no. And it was <laughs> oh, there. God. He saw it coming. It was there. It was ugly. It was awesome. And um, he was like, no. And I'm like, no, let's see how much it is. And it was like, I don't know, 55, 60 bucks. I'm like, sold. Yes. And I came home with castor, which is Spanish for beaver. And he was at my house. He wore a little sombrero for a long time and because uh, we have a Spanish-style house. But uh, then uh, – <laughs> <laughs> that made that totally normal. Oh, because we have a Spanish dollhouse, you guys. That's why my beaver's really, wearing a sombrero. Yeah. So he had this, <laughs> and it was a little it was a little one, like size for his little head. It was like it would sit right on top of his head. It was perfect. So then Lisa and I go to Round Top, friend of the podcast. Lisa and I go to the round go to the round top. Listen to me, it's like going to the Walmart. So we go to the round top. So we go to Round Top and we like no sooner pull in and I see this horrible looking deer and he kind of looks like a bear with horns i mean he's just like an odd deer and so i i rush over and it's it's towards the end around top and they're wanting to get this stuff yeah, out of there yeah and i'm like hey you know how much for this guy this guy 
what is it? And he's like, oh, it's a mule deer. And it's an old mount because it's just his head. So oh, it's like God. his head's just sticking out of the wall. Okay. He didn't have a neck. I was picturing a whole deer. I was no. Like, like, it's they like, usually what? mount them like almost to their yeah, shoulders. Yeah, they give them a little they? shoulder. Yeah. You know, a little shoulder cleavage. A little clavicle. No. Yeah. It is like just his head is sticking <laughs> out of the door. And so and Lisa's like, oh, great. This is going to be a pain to get back to Tulsa. We can't, you know, because he's got horns. Right. And so you can't put anything on top of it. You can put stuff under him, you know. And he has like a little gingham in his nose. So then I'm like, oh, he's old because, you know, nobody puts gingham in anything. So he uh, he's like $75. I'm like, sold. And Lisa's like, oh, great. Lisa's going, you could have got that. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why did you not bargain that one down? And then the last time we went to Round Top, we, I came back with a javelina. It's a javelina. Oh, yeah. And that was kind of a weird deal. So there was two things that this one guy had. <laughs> into the yeah. Javelina. Like, yeah. <laughs> so this guy has like, um, he's got like this bobcat with a bird in his mouth doing a thing. And then he's got this other like really kind of rough boar. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna negotiate now, right? Yeah. So I'm like, what's how much you want? And I was like, I don't like that number. So as we were leaving, I told Lisa, I'm like, hey, let's let's head back over there. I want to see if this guy's still got the bobcat. Um, so we get there and the bobcat's gone. The boars, I'm like, oh my gosh. They're, and he's like, yeah, I sold him yesterday. And I'm like, ah, oh, man. And I turn around and on the ground is a javelina. Or is that my yeah, right? right? Yeah, yeah. It's javelina. It's laying right there. And I'm like, how much? He's like, 120. I'm like, sold. Hacked him up. So yeah. So and then I have, um, I have an elk that I got out of a house that's being demolished. I have a swordfish. Yeah, I have a swordfish that is amazing. That's a funny story. So, okay, I got to tell you the swordfish story. (laughs) So the swordfish, back at the traffic circle, Mm -hmm. flea market, roll up, and there's a guy, and he's got this swordfish. And, I mean, once again, it's kind of like the beaver. Yeah. Hauling over there. So I haul over there, and, of course, Chad's like, oh, crap, you know, he's right behind me. I'm like, how much? $50. I'm like, sold. And Chad's like, you're crazy. I'm like, no, trust me. It's huge. It's huge. But here's the problem. We were driving a convertible slug bag. <laughs> and this thing is huge. I mean, it is huge. So he's like, well, how are we going to get back? I'm like, well, we'll just take the back, you know, we'll just take the back roads. We'll go slow. Because if you took the highway, catch air yeah. and it would fly. So right. you had to hold it That's down. The problem. It took us like an hour to get from there back to <laughs> Reservoir Hill because we were having to hold it down. And then we had yeah. to like take a break because we were tired and it right. was like August. <laughs> From holding it down, we had to like stop and get a drink and have discussions with everybody at Quick Trip about why we had this huge swordfish. It is huge. But the funny thing is, about 50 bucks, and later that day, he's off, you know, Chad's off doing some kind of thrifting or something on his own. He's like, oh my gosh, Rhonda, that was. I was like, 300 bucks. I'm like, I know. I told you so. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. This so. is an investment piece. So, okay, so tell me about it. how you – so do you have like a room where the – like so Sarah and I have talked about this because I have no design sensibility. She has a lot. We talked about like whether – do you have them kind of throughout your place? Is there like a, a dedicated room where you're like, this is my badass animal room? How do you – what do you – do with them my whole my whole house is badass yeah so um no no, i i don't have um i don't have a dedicated room i have a primary room where most of them are Mm -hmm. they are all on the downstairs level um, Castor's moved up. He's up high now, so you can't well, see. Sure, he's in your bedroom, right? Well, I wish, <laughs> Next right? To your, yeah. Staring at you while you sleep. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is I really thought my dogs would be like all up in that business. Yeah, sure. And he was in Castor when we first got him. We keep him, kept him low, and the dogs were like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we don't even, yeah. we don't even want to touch they that. Can, like sense death. Mm-hmm. I think they like oh. know that that like used to you know, be in a life thing. Sometimes that's what they roll in. You know, yeah, they're like, oh, right. it's dead. Let's roll in that squirrel. Right. They were just like. Nothing to do Not with him. Um, no, they're all over. Um, trying to think. I've got you know I've, I've, since 
last couple of years, I've picked up a few really old fish, mm-hmm. like from the 50s. Mm-hmm. But no, and I've kind of stopped. I've kind of backed up a little. You feel like you're maybe just at I think where I'm, you need to be? I think I am. If it was really bad, I'd pick some more. I mean, if yeah. it was bad, like strange eyes and stuff like that, I would totally do more. But I'm, I'm like, you know, it's kind of like when you start, you kind of get this level where yeah. I'm going to go to the next. I'm going to get the even weirder stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Have you ever been in Austin? Adjacent? Oh, I know where this is going. You know, it's, yeah. it's adjacent to like the Budweiser factory or something, right? It's the museum. Oh, no. We're going someplace weird, different. Like animals with like six legs instead of oh, four. Oh, I have not been there. Or no. like three eyes. It's, oh God, I'm going to have to look it up and find the name of it. It's in Austin. Or no, maybe it's in San Antonio. Is this the place that John Hodgman's obsessed with? Is have he? you heard him talk I about it? I haven't talked about, heard about this. Yeah. He's got a, like a weird taxidermy. I think it's in San Antonio. I think it's, it's in San Antonio, not Austin. And I think it's adjacent to a beer brewery. I'm going to have to look this up and link it. Okay, if, it, it, all if this things. doesn't exist, then we need to find a brewery and put <laughs> and make this make yeah. this happen. Maybe Ronnie can idea. open it with I all her totally, weird taxidermy. Totally. Yeah, I'm into it's it. It's like a museum of weird deformed animals. Right. Like, it's okay. But I'm that have been taxidermy. That have been taxidermy. Yeah. But you know what's funny? I was just thinking while you were saying that how I actually got into taxidermy. And I remember now, it was a situation where I was at an auction and there was a really bad shaped moose. I mean, the moose Mm -hmm. was in bad shape. Mm -hmm. And I showed up too late. And when I got there, I'm like, hey, is this moose gone yet? And they were like, oh, it's already sold. And I was mad. Uh And then I think I was like, I shall never walk away from bad taxidermy again. Although I did in Round Top again. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, no, I thought you were going to. Anyway, yeah, it's a thrift store. But it has a lot of weird like double-headed taxidermy in it. Um. Something objects or something like that. It's got a okay. big rabbit on it. Um, I can find, we'll it, find but, it. But anyway, it is a weird, a super weird thrift store. And and I'm like, a thrift store is really not right. It's kind of like a cross between a thrift store, oddities, and like an antique store. So it's kind of yeah. like this weird space. It's got the weirdest stuff you can imagine. It's pretty awesome. And but it has a big bunny rabbit outside the front of it, and it had like a bunch of strange, like double headed snakes yeah, and stuff that's like what that. This, it's a whole museum of this. I, I I said Austin, but now I'm thinking it's San Antonio instead of Austin. Mm. Austin, is it's cool. been a good twenty plus years since yeah. I see a road trip in our future. Yeah. Oh, that would be so fun. Yeah. So, have you always been into thrifting, like as long as you can remember, or is this something that you kind of came to? In your adult life, like how did you start this? And then you mentioned like your like Chad going and doing his own thing too. So he's obviously he's into not as it good also. as me though, right? Well, <laughs> he'll be the first I mean, to tell you that. <laughs> sounds like he likes it. He 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 tolerates, he, he tolerates it. <laughs> um, so yes, I remember the first deal I ever made. Really, I do. Detail. I remember the first deal I ever made. It was an old, and I thought about this. It was an old typewriter, probably turn of the century, mm-hmm. 1900, 1915, oh, cool. and I was 15 years old, and it was in a, at a garage sale, and it was underneath a table, and I was with um, a friend of mine's mom who was really into this kind of stuff. So Peggy said to me, um, make him a deal, and I was like, oh, I can do that? Oh, my God, I love <laughs> And so, yeah, I'll, tell, I'll make Peggy listen. She'll appreciate this because she is the reason. I mean, she just kind of was really, really good. She was a good yeah. picker. And I'd watch her. And um, and so she said, make him a deal. And so I think I offered him like 10 or $15 or something like that. And they took it. And then I'm like, oh, I got to pony it up now, <laughs> which at the time was probably a lot of money for sure. something like that. Yeah. And so I still have, and... I still have that typewriter. Yeah. Um, and I will never get rid of it. It was the first thing I ever bought. But yeah, I've always liked older stuff. 
And, you know, this, these things trend out. You know, in the 80s, there were some thrifting trends that were happening, but not to the level that they happen now. Mm-hmm. And now it's huge. Uh, you know, clothing is huge. Mm-hmm. So that's, we, you know, I, I saw a lot of clothes, mm-hmm. which is kind of going off on a summer ta- another tangent. But, but no, I have always been a digger. I remember going into like abandoned houses and finding stuff. I mean, I've always been oh, that person. Cool. I wanted to be an archaeologist and yeah. I didn't get to be. So yeah. here I am. Kind of in that as same an urban archaeology. Exactly. Urban archaeology. I think that's the name of a I feel like I've been in a store called that. I should totally point. make a store called that. Yeah. If it doesn't if it, exist, I, yeah, you need to if it doesn't exist, buy that URL real quick. Um, so transitioning into what you mentioned, too. So in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe does this tie into kids getting older and, you know, you have a little more time now to devote. You've sort of turned this hobby into a side hustle you start help start up the first street flea here in Tulsa yeah yeah so Mary Beth Babcock um had a store she was doing a store with another um was the guys from clean hands um called post and so they had a store there and so they had this space at Michael Sager owns this building over here on the northeast side of downtown Tulsa (laughs) and so he um they had this open space so they decided to start this flea market and it would have been in December of 2016 um and they invited me to show, and I was, I mean, I never had shown anything. I'd never done anything like this, and it it showed. I mean, like, <laughs> I came in and threw all my stuff out. And, Did and you just it, sort of clean out the garage? Pretty like, much. Well, and I had been collecting, and they kind of knew that, so that's how I got invited. Mm-hmm. I would been collecting, and so one of the, the guys um, that was starting it up, Shane, was like, hey, you know, you ought to bring your stuff over. And I'm like, okay. And I mean, I show up. I mean, I am not professional looking at all. I am... I'm I'm kind of just here's my stuff mm-hmm. buy me buy my stuff, and um, I liked it. I was making good money, and so I kept doing it. And Mary Beth went on to a different venture that summer, and they asked me to take over. And so I took over um, in the summer of seventeen. And it you know it's a running a flea market's different. Mm-hmm. It's a little different, and I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> at all. Um, but now we're going into 2019. So this started in the December of sixteen. So we've had two full years of doing it and it's it's catching on and we've had a lot of success we had a great january um i've since moved into um into a bigger space that i i sell out of and uh the sagers are just my biggest fans as far as supporting the the whole you know the blue dome properties people are just awesome about supporting the space so So how many different vendors approximately we can hold about 30 we usually we usually run around 25 Mm -hmm. um occasionally I'll pull in 30. It gets a little tight, but I like to run around 24 to 25. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we'll do about 19. Just depends. Just, um, so I love the first street flea. <laughs> I have a lot of records from there, actually. Oh, really? And also an, a killer coat. Have I shown you my... Oh, I don't think it's so. like a 1950s coat with like a fur collar on oh. it. It's, re- it's really fly, you guys. I was in a definitely a marvelous Mrs. Maisel face, yeah. which I still am in. And we still have um, coats like that. It's crazy. <laughs> but my my, you probably haven't heard this episode, but um, just to bring it full circle, when we had Tasha on and we were talking, was it Tasha we were talking macrame with? Yeah, of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. And I said, I have this killer macrame owl. And I got it at the first street flea. And I thought it was from Rhonda. Exactly. No. And, she, and then somehow Tasha goes, well, whether it was from her or not, we should name – or she asked me if my owl had a name. And Sarah goes, well, did you buy it from Rhonda? And Tasha goes, well, I don't care who you bought it from. That owl needs to be named Rhonda. So I now have a giant 
three foot macrame owl that's ha- hanging in my laundry room named Rhonda. We shared pictures of her on the Instagram feed after that episode. So this is like a full circle moment for me. I feel so because honored. I love that owl beyond like so much. Yeah. It's got soul. It immediately just sounded like something you would have. And I was like, I, I, you must have gotten it. For, and I think I sent you a picture maybe and you were like, no, this wasn't this mine. This wasn't mine. I think it came from the Myers probably. If it's the one I, I'm thinking of, I, I think I remember it, it was, because I was a little obsessed with it myself. It was my version of the taxidermy yeah. like, thing. Like I walked up and I was just like, I don't need this, but I need this. Like, <laughs> And I walk into my house and Josh is just like, huh? Like, yeah. I don't, huh? Why? And I'm like, I don't know, but we have to find a wall for this thing. It's amazing. If this wasn't a podcast, I would totally tell you a story about me and an owl. And, <laughs> and as Off long as I knew that, yeah. as long as I knew that the uh, game warden wasn't going to retroactively come after me, because <laughs> I did get I did get reprimanded by him. I'll tell the story real quick. Okay. So, so anyway, this was a number of years ago. So Kelsey was probably like seven years old. So it was a long time ago. And um, because she's 19. So it was 12 years ago. And so we're driving down the road. And I, you know, I have an affinity for dead animals. And so I pick, I see this white fluffy thing dead on the side of the road. Pull in. And I get out there. I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought it was. And Kelsey's like, what? I'm like, it's an owl. And I mean, I had a, tr- I even had trash bags. I haven't told you. I pick up dead animals sometimes. So, so I had a trash bag and all this stuff. So I have a trash bag. I roll it up. It's still, it's like, it's kind of a fresh kill. I'm like, it's, it's not too bad. It's not too warm out. Wrap it up. Put it in the back of my car. So obviously. Like it's been hit by a car? Yeah, it's been hit by something. Okay. Right. So it is, it is a deceased bird of prey. Right. I'm just trying to imagine how much guts are out. No, there's no guts. Okay. Got it, it. It's like stun kills. It's like it is yeah. it is got the it. perfect specimen. Got it. So I haul it and Kelsey's like, what, what, what are you doing? She's kind of freaking like, out. She's what? seven and mom sure. has a dead owl. And by the way, full disclosure, this is an illegal thing to do, so don't do it. And so I get to my buddy's house and I have this owl and he's like, um, you can't have that owl. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you can't have that out. It's illegal. I'm like, whatever. I had seen some place somewhere where there had been an owl similar to this, and I did not believe anybody who was telling me this, and I will not say where I saw this owl so because I want their owl to be taken away. And so I was like, whatever. So I call Chad, and I'm like, hey, I got this dead owl. He's like, man, you need to get rid of that dead owl. And I'm like, like, who do I call to help me bury the body? He's like, I just went to law school. Not just went to law school. He's like, I've been to law school. I'm telling you, you're not going to listen to me. Hangs up, click. So so I've gone through two people. So they're calling my business partner who happens to be Cherokee. (laughs) And I'm like, hey, I got this dead owl. She's like, hey, you can't have that owl, but I can. And I'm like, well. Okay, so let's talk about this. Why would owls, like for people that maybe, again, maybe listener number 11 doesn't live in Tulsa. Um. Why would owls be protected? Let's start there. Like, are, why would this be different? That's a good question. Um, they are protected under, I think it's like a 1970s, 1960s, 60s or 70s. There's an act that is just for birds of prey. So you cannot do anything to owls, hawks, eagles. That's Wait, why you can't shoot them. You can't, even if it's already dead. Yeah. You can't taxidermy it. You can't. Um, You're just supposed to leave it. Well, the problem is you. Well, let me get to that part of the story. Okay, you're, okay. Jump, you're jumping Sorry, ahead on my okay. story here a little so bit. Many questions. I know. So we'll get to this, but yeah, there's okay. there's a whole act. There's a there's a federal act that you cannot do this. Okay. So, I um, I call my friend, my, my my business partner, and I'm like, hey, you know, I got this out. You can't have it. Blah blah. blah. So finally, I call the I call the game warden because, like I said, it's roadkill, yeah. and in my mind, it's roadkill. Like it, I haven't right. done anything to this, and the, <laughs> the game warden's like, ma'am. 
you better get rid of that owl. That's a $2,000 fine. I was like, okay. Cool. So, so Done, anyway, sir. so the owl I'm is buried. Yeah, the owl is buried. And I called it for my buddy's landline too, which I felt kind of bad about. But <laughs> back in number. back in the day, yeah. <laughs> a burner phone. Yeah. So, <laughs> a burner phone for your like, roadkill. With like a voice uh, disguiser. <laughs> I was just like, I didn't make any sense to me. because, and I, and I mentioned that to him. I was like, hey, but it was roadkill. He's like, you can't determine how it was killed. You need to get rid of that owl. That is, You cannot be in possession that out it's illegal so that's the story of the app so kind of to fast forward to that i kid you not like a month later i go outside in my front yard once again birds of prey there's a dead hawk i'm like where's the camera where's the fbi i've been cased there's a dead hawk they are just baiting me this is entrapment so i just left it there and i called my friend who is a native american i can't remember what what tribe he was with he was a dancer and i was like hey i got this i got this hawk you want to come get it because i can't touch it and so finally, he never came and got it. And so Chad just took it to the woods and, and uh, parked it. But yeah. So just, how did, did you just, you buried it? or On that one, we, we just, what, what we just. the owl? Oh, the owl just went to the woods. Just, yeah, okay. it was just, my friend took care of it. The okay. one that I used as landline. Is it because like, it might have a disease? I think they were, no, I think or... they were endangered for a while. And I, you know, there was that whole time whenever we had a lot of lead in the environment and the lead was kind of affecting the eggs. I don't know if that's all of it, but they were okay. endangered. So the, their, their population was going down and they do torture like chickens and things like that. So you can't, you know, there's, I mean, you can't do anything to eagles. You You're can't do anything just, to hawks. Okay. Or anything. Even if yeah. it was already dead when you found it, which I guess then how would they Once know? Again, well, that's you cannot point, determine like death. And like, what Maybe if somebody I... coached that? Or what if somebody shot it and then she yeah. was like, oh, but I just found it. And yeah. it's, yeah. okay. you know. Yeah. Those are the rules. But, but I've, been, I've been served. For the tribes, they because they have like tribal significance a lot of these birds of prey that's where you were they going can use with the feathers friend. for stuff exactly yeah. so they yeah. do but have... they probably won't use an owl because a lot of them don't don't like the owls yeah gotcha. owls are not necessarily like no. auspicious no. right always no. so but okay. we do have owls in our neighborhood so yeah so, I have so a do we we, li- we live in like a little yeah. i think because we have a drainage creek uh mm-hmm. joe creek I mean, it's a man-made creek but it goes behind our house and so where there's water there's just yeah. you know wildlife and droves but you mentioned chickens can we talk about oh absolutely yeah how long have you had them that is a good question. I've had those chickens, I think they're about six years old. Yeah. Some of them, I have one that's six. The rest of them are probably like uh, four. Do you, and, and you live, we've already discussed it in a relatively urban setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you encourage people to get chickens if they don't have them? Or are you like, man, it's a lot of work. I didn't know what I was getting into. Well, if just, someone came to you and were like, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about chickens, what would you say? I would say just remember everything alive poops. <laughs> so that's the thing that you've got to be aware of because you think that it's just every time you see like a, like a blog post or whatever they do about chickens, the hen house looks immaculate. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is not reality. Baskets of gorgeous multicolored eggs right. and children, yeah. and, and, and like, like the eggs do not. Yeah, the yard yeah. And, yeah. Okay, eggs don't come out looking quite like that. Chicken accounts. Can I plug drinking with chickens? Have you? Oh my gosh, Rhonda, this is like your. This woman is your spirit animal. Find it. It's an Instagram account. Mm-hmm. She has, well, she has a gorgeous, but, but I think, I mean, it's become her business. I think she's like written a book now or a cocktail book or something. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous chicken coop. She built a whole bar in her backyard to do like basically photo shoots and she takes pictures of cocktails with her chickens and herself with cocktails and chickens. She has a lot of parties where the chickens roam free. It's, 
it's beautiful. I gotta totally check this out. I yeah, have no you, idea this was out there. It's amazing. Okay, yeah. sorry, that's funny. Sidebar. No, no, but no. It's a great, not real it's a life. Great apparently, yeah. sometimes she posts pictures that are like, "This is real." Like, look at all this shit everywhere. Too, uh-huh. you know. Like yeah. she, she admits that I flirted not with chickens. Like flirted with the idea. That's why I'm asking. So here's the deal. They are. You will gain a respect for chickens that you didn't have if you ever get chickens because they are much more entertaining than (laughs) anybody ever realizes. And they're funny. And they have a whole social structure. I mean, people act like chickens are stupid. They're really not. They just don't do well under stress. Mm -hmm. They panic. So they're not a good animal. Like if you put them under stress, they can't remember how they got out or got in or they Mm -hmm. just kind of like freak out. But – and under normal circumstances, they're fairly intelligent creatures. And they – some of them desire, like, to have their back scratched. And some of them don't want to have anything to do with you. And they're funny to watch. They – I have enjoyed them. I'm kind of done with that phase of my life. And now everybody's a freeloader. So yeah. I get an egg, like, once every three days, yeah. maybe. And one egg. And I have six yeah. chickens. So I don't yeah. – you know – I'm not going to so do anything. So when like right off to like the chicken sunset, you're not I'm, replacing I'm these probably chickens. not going to replace them. And plus my hen house is kind of needs to be – needs some love. Mm. And so I think we'll we'll go through it. Would I do it again? I would. Mm-hmm. I would. They um, – I let mine free range so they don't stay in the coop because I think that, that if I'm going to do this, they're going to have the best life they can have. Mm-hmm. And if they get killed by a predator, they get killed by a predator. I mean yeah. I can't really – I've had one fox take one out – and I have what I assume was an owl take one out, but I think I interrupted the the massacre of the no. chicken because when I came out, the chicken was down, but there was like – and you could tell the chicken had – there was something had happened. Like there was some dragging, yeah. but it was just – there wasn't – it was just all the chicken was there. So I'm like – so I interrupted you and it was at dusk. And so I think it. I interrupted a chicken coming mm-hmm. in and trying – I'm not chicken. Yeah. <laughs> an owl coming in mm-hmm. and, and trying to um, – to get the chicken, but they're fun. I mean, they're really fun. If I was to do it again, I would have like a part of my yard kind of like blocked off just for them. And I wouldn't have bird dogs because bird dogs want to eat chickens. So we do have some of that like, okay, it's dusk, we can come out. And so the the dogs are deep seated, like internal instincts. You cannot get it out. I tried. I tried. Um, My bird dog, Maggie, is a Vishla and she will love to still dreams about eating them. And then my Sheltie, which is Eloise, is terrified of them because they, (laughs) they, she, she got one down once and I, and she's a pretty smart dog and I got after her and then the chickens, we're like, ha ha, you can't do nothing to us now. And they kind of started picking on her. And so they started Once chasing again, not her. not as dumb as you think. No, yeah. they started chasing her. And she's like, if the chickens are out, she's like, let me back in the house. Aww. So she hates the chickens. But they're funny. Yeah, we have one Gertrude who um, whose leg I accidentally broke. And and I did fix myself. Nice. Um, so Gertrude is no fear of anybody. And so she just chases after Eloise. And ever since we've had Gertrude, she's like, I'm out. I'm, I'm done. I'm not That's doing amazing. anything with chickens ever again. So, so Claire is opting for bees well, instead of chickens. I have is a bee update. Oh, I have a bee okay. update, which is that I've become really overwhelmed. So <laughs> I did the smart thing, which you're supposed to do. Well, not super smart because I talked about it on the podcast before I'd done all of my homework. But um, I bought a lot of books mm-hmm. and I have had just like a book marathon. I've um, from a few different, again, blogs like referred you to certain books and mm-hmm. we're like, okay, for absolute beginners, start here. Everybody advises having a beekeeping mentor, which I do not have. So I'm on the hunt for a mentor, guys. Okay, but like to set up your hive is apparently quite 
more involved than I understood. Okay. So bees in general, once you have them, seem to be very relatively low maintenance. Mm-hmm. Maybe an hour a week, a little bit more in harvest time. But, like, that's the kind of time commitment you can look right. for. But to set up the hive is, like, a whole situation of – So the only reason I know about bees is because I've been in two swarms at my house. Oh, my God. Tell me about it. So <laughs> swarm – apparently swarms are the best way to get start a hive. And that's so how I know, you know beekeepers. Yeah. Because I've had swarms. So, so you just had a wild swarm at your house. So <laughs> – I do live in the city. Of course I did. (laughs) I do live in the city, but I live next to the woods. Mm -hmm. So we have some woods that are kind of um, not to be developed. Um, They're in like some kind of trust or something. So we have some woods. And so, which means why we have deers and foxes. Mm -hmm. And and I still think we had a cougar in the woods, but that's another story. Um, Because it cried and it was a crazy sound. We have coyotes in our neighborhood right now. And I live in the middle of town. I have no idea where they come They come through the storm drains. Yeah. Like everything does. Like I've seen a groundhog in a storm drain. I've seen a raccoon in a storm drain. We just live in a beautiful, well-forested city, you guys. It's an urban forest. Up with trees, y'all. It's an urban forest. So so, so if you're ever in a swarm, you're going to know it. Because what happens is you'll be outside. It'll be a beautiful day. And then you feel like you're in a movie with bees all around you. And they don't give a rat's patootie what you're doing like they do not care about you so it's happened to me twice and both times it's like kids inside now (laughs) so the kids are inside i'm running inside bringing the dogs inside and the bees are just like you're just standing there and they're all around you and they're not interested in you they don't care and they always go to the same tree and i've always got to call a beekeeper and go okay they're all right here and so then um one of my neighbors um has bees and he's taken one at least one or two of them that I've had. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I've had two swarms at my house. So, they just so collect the bees from your So, what happens is, yeah. So, so, so it's like this crazy, like, cloud of bees. And you're in the middle of it when you realize you're in a swarm. Yeah. And then they all, like, wherever the queen lands, then everybody just surrounds her. So, then it's a big clump of bees. It's pretty easy to get. You'll miss a few. Like, you'll see some little guys that are mm-hmm. deceased mm-hmm. after you move it because they were, like, kind of late to the party yeah. kind of thing. But, um, yeah, so they'll usually, like, cut that part of the tree mm-hmm. and take the whole – that whole section of the tree, and then they'll take them and put them and in the a hive. And you so, live here now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, yeah, it's the best because they just go to the queen. To the so queen. from yeah. what I – and I'm going to get parts of this wrong. We all know I make stuff up. But the, um, the way I understand it is a swarm happens when the hive can, like, no longer support itself. Like, it gets so big and because they're just reproducing to the point where – like they need to break off, and so um, the they'll produce another queen, mm-hmm. which you know they all they just kind of decide like their their bodies mm-hmm. know when it's time, and they'll produce another queen, and then that that group will go off and start a new mm-hmm. hive somewhere, or sometimes they'll I guess the whole group will go and just find a bigger space, um, which is why when you're managing hives, you'll see lots of times like the boxes that stack or bigger, like what they're doing is they're growing the hive with the community. Like they're growing the physical space they with the hive. I'm probably okay. using the wrong gotcha. words for what, but they're trying. They're trying to make it bigger to keep the bees there. So if you can get a wild, that's what like a wild naturally occurring swarm. It's ideal because they're already used to that environment, like local Tulsa, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. vegetation, all of that. It's a fully formed, fully functioning like unit with their queen that they like it's all very natural. Mm-hmm. So apparently that's like the fastest, best, most natural, easiest way. But it involves finding a swarm, <laughs> which clearly I'm a hundred percent unequipped right. to do. But <laughs> these like beekeeper, these pros um, would be who would help you do that. If you were just gonna start from scratch, you can order 
um, both from like locally, like an Oklahoma mm-hmm. person, but you know, like everything, you could probably order this on Amazon. I don't freaking right. know, but like you can get the queen with some amount of bees with her, and they like con- like they package them and ship them through the mail to you, and you get them out. And I've then... now received live crickets through the mail, yeah, so exactly. I can tell you how you, that it's works. It's totally possible. <laughs> you have a bearded dragon, we don't you? Do. Oh, is it still alive? Yeah. And well, he's... my kids are at her house, so maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> The I've already given them very specific instructions. They're not he to has, touch the. Yeah, lizard. they won't. Yeah, but uh, Grant won't let them take it out. He it, the first couple of weeks were I was so nervous all the time. He's he's gotten bigger. He eats a lot. Like he eats as much. Like I can tell. Like I went out of town for a few days last week, and when I came home, you know, it's like anything when you haven't seen it in a while, and then all of a sudden it's so much bigger. And I got home, and I was like, oh my gosh, he's like gotten a lot bigger in the last you know, whatever. So he, he had his first skin shed over like last week, but I have been very surprised at the amount of personality. I mean, it's like, chick, you know, again, funny. things you don't think Bearded about. Dragons yeah, are funny. He has funny little quirks. I know when he's hungry, I know when he wants me to spray him with a mist bottle he he likes me. I know which foods he likes now. Yeah. Like he really likes raspberries. So. And apparently crickets. You're going through them like we crazy. are going through a lot of crickets. You need now. a mealworm farm. Well, okay. So let me tell you, I th- I've I had did one. research this. You are not supposed to feed bearded dragons mealworms when they are young, because really? their stomachs cannot digest the exoskeleton, and really? it will like back them up. So. What happens I think, when you have a backed up bearded dragon? I, I don't want to find out. <laughs> Science. I massage his tummy. No. You give I, him some. I don't know. I've had an down. egg binding. I know about these things. Oh, Just Google God. it. Go to the internet and you can fix anything the on an things, animal. Yeah. Wow. The things I've learned. But I think as he gets older, he can. What about a cricket farm? I do. I have a cricket habitat. Do um, they reproduce? No. You okay. just, you have, there's little food. Um, like jelly a little sponge, things. don't you? Yeah, like they like drink sponge, out of a sponge. And then there's these little things that look like jello that give the crickets the nutrients that the dragon needs. So then when he eats the crickets, he gets like the vitamins from yeah. the crickets. But yeah, we have a little cricket habitat, which now that he's eating so much more has, I've determined is really not a big, and I need to get the bigger cricket habitat because he's going through them so much faster. But yeah, I got mail because deli- I was like, well, this will be easier. You just get it on like auto ship. And from Amazon? Uh, no, there's a farm. <laughs> like this is going to be amazing if you add them to your subscribe and save. I know. I wanted that to happen, but it's essentially subscribe and save for live crickets from this farm. <laughs> well, yeah, because if you need them, you're going to keep needing them. Yes. It's not like a one-off cricket yeah. situation. Well, yeah. you know, we had, we had this frog. We had a tree frog mm-hmm. that would winter in our house on accident. What do you mean? So, so tree frogs, they will come into your house. You don't realize there's tree frogs in your house, especially if you live in the woods. But So we have these tree frogs. And a lot of times they like to hit in door jams, which you kind of squish them and mm-hmm. they die. But this guy was like on our hot water tank, which was <laughs> – because it leaked. It was old. And so it was like moisture and there was yeah, critters. Warm. And so we got paranoid that we were going to accidentally throw him in the laundry because he was kind of living in the laundry room. And so we put him in a snake tank with a heater, kept him alive until like spring with crickets. Yeah. So then I had crickets and I had a tree frog. And then in spring, I set him free, and I don't know why that whole story made me think of that, but... I had in my, uh, one of my previous houses, a sugar glider that lived, do you know what those are? Those little tiny squirrels that lived in my attic. 
But those don't occur in the wild. No. Do they? So I don't know like if it somebody's been pet someone's out. pet that got away. But for like, I mean, two I get years, that they occur in the wild. Yeah, I'm not some like yeah. we didn't manufacture them but, as pets, but yeah, not in Oklahoma. Not where we is live. What I'm saying. And um, it would just show. Like I would, it would show up in my house. I would have to get it out, and then, like, a few months later, either we would – someone would see it, like, outside, or it would come back in the house. Like, it would – showed up – it was, like, every few months, it would just appear, the like, on curtains somewhere, and it would always come back. You guys, we that would, would freak go. me no, out. No, it was horrible. If I'm sitting there watching TV and I just looked over and there was a sugar glider clinging to yes, my curtains, that's exactly what happened. Except my mind. My cat was freaking out. And I was like, what is she freaking out yeah. at? I do have to tell you, we've had snakes. <sighs> so we had these two snakes. Pet or Well, there's two. Both. Okay. Both. <laughs> so we had two snakes. Kids each had a snake. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. So one day I'm cleaning up the snake habitat. Don't realize what they were little snakes at the time. One of the snakes is probably up in this little box. That snake snake takes off we end up with one snake so we have one snake roaming free in the house and one oh snake God. not so anyway never found that other snake uh. ever but our basement is not very because it's an old house it's not very secure <laughs> this snake comes in and king snakes will rattle oh they'll God. rattle and so i have a very snake adverse spouse and so he goes down to the basement <laughs> As many do i, I mean, was gonna say i was like, like so, so we've normal. already had like you know the frog which is probably feeding the snakes or yeah. whatever so the snake comes in there's actually kind of a funny bend to this story so <laughs> so the snake comes in and chad's like losing it and he's like god and of course me the animal wrangler runs down there to retrieve the snake i'm like it's not it's not a rattlesnake even though it acts like it's rattling it's just being kind of an asshole snake. Yeah. It's just trying to scare you off. And it seems to be working. So I take the snake. <laughs> I pick him up. I Not both hands, but I, I figure out how to grab him. Anyway, I get him and put him back into the snake. <laughs> I finally got rid of that. The snake, whatever. whatever. Yeah, the whatever snake is, aquarium. Yeah. I get the snake that used to have this, used to have this, the frog, put the snake in there. It's because it's got a little heater on it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, it's like 20 degrees outside. I'm like, what do I do with a snake? Well, I don't feed anything alive. I'm like, yeah, dude. Yeah. So I go and get him some little baby mice from the pet store, and mm-hmm. I try to feed him the baby mice. And he ain't. Not I'm a wild snake. I don't uh, eat no dead stuff. Oh, so, it's a dead, yeah, they're dead. And so he survived. I just gave him water. I'm like, well, I guess you're in hibernation, dude. Yeah. Until I got like a 70 degree day and I threw him out. But what was funny is I put it on Facebook and I have a friend who's at a not to be named um, news station. She's <laughs> obviously a slow news day. And she calls me and she says, hey, how big is that snake? <laughs> <laughs> She's like hunting for the I'm story. I'm like, man. Yeah. Sister, it's not that big. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like, it's a two-foot snake, but it's a little two. It's not like a big snake. Right. I, Any, yeah. I appreciate that you, you're you looking for a story, but it's not Python in the basement of yeah. his local home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to bring the, like, zoomy lens that yeah. they I mean, to take pictures of houses. Or yeah. Or I was like, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you thinking you're of like, me, eh, but no. no, you really don't want to do a story on my snake. <laughs> oh my <laughs> it's gosh, not that awesome. impressive of a snake. Oh, my God. You guys, it would never occur to me to keep these things alive. I would a 100% snake, throw I it outside it in 20-degree weather. I just Call would. Me. It would just come snakes. back in, though, right? I mean, it's like... I mean, I took him to the woods. I think he learned his lesson. I think he was like, oh, crap. I think he was there yeah. coming after the tree yeah. frogs or the slinks yeah. or whatever else was coming in that house. Yeah. I mean, shoot. Honestly, you kind of want them because they'll eat mice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like anti-snake. Like, I think if they are nice for the ecosystem. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if one came into my house, I wouldn't think, oh, 
I wonder how I can keep you alive until the spring. I would be like, no. Like, I'm a it's hippie. Over for you. Yeah. <laughs> Go outside. Yeah, for sure. I keep everything alive. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. See, I'm, I'm with you. That's I, what I'm like. Too many too many pets. I just say yes and then figure it out later. That's the I've killed quite yeah. a few pets. We had some guinea pigs one time that I felt, this is totally not where I thought we were going to go today. But, no, me either. But um, it's this, fine. Yeah. We had these guinea pigs once. And so the kids wanted guinea pigs. And so we get these guinea pigs. And I'm assured that they're both female guinea pigs. Even though one's a lot bigger than the other one. So I got this big guinea pig and this little guinea pig. And they're doing some wrestling. I think that's a little odd, <laughs> oh. but whatever. So we're going off <laughs> to like, yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm like, this is probably just a dominant thing like dogs do. They're girl yeah. guinea pigs. So we're going off to vacation. And I'm like, man, this guinea pig's getting fat, the little one. <laughs> and I pick it up and it's like, his little belly's just oh, like, moving. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I got a boy guinea pig and a girl guinea pig. So immediately they get they divorce yeah they go to different sure. they go to different probably one went to the snake habitat yeah. i don't know <laughs> the eternal snake habitat so one goes here one goes there and then while we're gone over thanksgiving not thanksgiving over um fourth of july she gives birth now let me just tell you if they could they could make baby guinea pigs like that size there is nothing cuter oh my god because they don't look like a hamster you know how hamsters yeah. kind of come out like like yeah. a mole rat yeah. they come out full fur oh. Eyes open. Oh, yeah, They're just little yeah, babies. Just teeny tiny. <laughs> They're just teeny little guinea pigs. Do it. I'm telling you. If you want to. Um, but then what did you do with all your babies? Well, they just went various places. Yeah. So Probably. the couple moved. They split up. And yeah. we moved them to different rooms mm-hmm. so they couldn't make any more babies. Yeah. And then the other two, we just gave them away yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it is a problem. Yeah. Trying to rehome your guinea pigs. But <laughs> get rid of them while they're little and super cute and people take them. Yeah. So. That's, well, when he was asking for the Call lizard, Sarah that was time. what I would. No, I was like, I think I would rather have this than like Absolutely. a guinea pig type thing. Like I was just They're not like, as smelly. Like mm-hmm. guinea pigs are smelly. There's a lot of upkeep. Yeah. Things that poop. Yes, Be careful. Exactly. Yeah, we did a hamster too. And for some reason, completely not as an adult, when I was a kid, I had a hamster. Mm-hmm. Somehow completely missed the fact these things are nocturnal. Oh, yeah. Like, wh- yep. So all all day, no action. Mm-hmm. Like so frustrating for a seven-year-old girl or yeah. however old I was. <laughs> Go to bed and you just hear this <laughs> all night long in that damn wheel. And I just remember thinking like nobody – how did I not know this? Yeah. This well, is the worst. Well, that was part of the reason we went with a bearded dragon instead of the different um, – A rodent. A gecko, too. Oh. Geckos are also nocturnal. Mm. And so every time we would go look at geckos, they were asleep They're during asleep, the yeah. day. And these would be a lot perkier and happier. So he, he puts himself to bed about – Seven seven thirty mm-hmm. about when I mean he's basically on the same schedule as the kids, but he le- he lets us know when he's ready for he, bed. She, I don't like. We how don't. You've sorry, already, uh, I prescribed a gender. Yes, to your we. D- I don't. Visit. You won't know. Mm-hmm. I won't know for a while. It puts it puts itself. <laughs> Does it bed. lay eggs if they have a baby? Are they baby? I mean, I'm assuming he's a eggs? reptile. Yeah. so he lays I mean, eggs. Be so, birth. Yeah, I don't. That's know. funny. But so. if you haven't been. A- exposed to any other bearded dragons it won't lay eggs no. regardless yeah of gender, there's only so. one no matter what it is but <laughs> no immaculate conception there will never be <laughs> anymore like, you're like not trying to get into the beard the bearded, bearded dragon, dragon breeding no. circle no or? not at all okay. so you know good. back to those hamsters i bought my kids a hamster once and it was a it was a little escape artist so you yep. get out all the time so we were yep. constantly getting mr cow was his name we were constantly getting mr cow and putting him back <laughs> kelsey's about seven so mr cow gets out at one time he gets out one too many times. And all of a sudden, like it's 
seven in the morning, I hear my seven-year-old screaming, oh my god, Mr. Cow is dead! <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Cow splatted out on like the, like on the, uh, on the stairs in our Weimar Rammer. It was just like, Oh, <laughs> look at me! Look at I, I did it! I you had a road you. problem, and I was on it. Oh <laughs> so it was God. like, Mr. Cow is dead, <laughs> and he was just like, <laughs> but you know, these are things that's you know, yes. le- life lessons, circle, circle of, life. of life. Kids need to learn this stuff. Oh my gosh, Mr. Cow is dead. I can't think of a better way to end <laughs> I this know. episode. That took a turn. <laughs> I, I didn't even <laughs> wait. I need to go back to my notes for what I, I wanted to say. Yeah, what were we going to talk about? I don't even remember any anymore. We yeah, they're well, going to kick us out. I know. Here we shortly. Were, well, thank you so You're much. Welcome. That was so fun and went so many directions. I was not expecting. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, that edit is going to be real fun. <laughs>